Welcome to the Find Your Voice, Change Your Life podcast with psychologist Dr. Doreen Downing. Listen in as Doreen interviews people who felt they didn't have a voice or who suffered extreme speaking anxiety. You'll hear stories about how they struggled to speak up, what they did to find their authentic voice, and the confidence they now feel to speak up and make an impact. If you want to get started right away to find your voice, download Doreen's free 7-Step Guide to Fearless Speaking at Doreen7Steps.com. And now, here is Doreen. Hi, this is Dr. Doreen Downing, and I'm excited to be here today with my new friend, Trish Tanai. And hello, Trish. Hello, I'm so excited to meet your viewing and listening audience, Doreen. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, it's amazing how we meet and never having met face-to-face. Here we are, uh, countries apart and uh, hours apart, but we get to meet right here in the now. Thank you for joining me. I'd like to say a few things that I found on the internet to introduce you so that people know something about you. Sure. Trish Tanai is an award-winning marketing consultant, author, and founder of Share Your Stories Online, who is following her passion for the arts and trading a pen for a paintbrush as an artist. And for those who are able to watch us today, I'm sure that painting in the background is yours. It is. It is. <laughs> I would say, I I would, uh, if I had art like that, I'd have it in a virtual background too. Uh, let's see. Trish is the founder of Share Your Stories Online, an international marketing platform featuring business stories and sharing great ideas. She is the host for Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real, live and unscripted interviews introducing you to the person behind the logo. What a great phrase, Trish, introducing you, you know, to the to the person behind the logo. And that's so true. I mean, we have this idea that the logo is supposed to be authentic and represent us, but there's nothing like the real human and the heart and the face and the person. That's so true. That's very true. Mm -hmm. Thank you for what you're doing and coming on today. Well, since this is about finding your voice, and there are all sorts of ways in which that happens for people and the fact that they didn't have one, whether it was stage fright or whether it was family circumstances and they just got drowned out by older siblings or maybe it didn't happen until later in life, like uh, having been in a corporation, let's say, where they really didn't get to be more free to be themselves and contribute their opinions. So there's all sorts of stories. And today we want to hear your story about how you didn't have a voice and what the journey to find it and now what you get to do. So let's start early in life. Well, I think, you know, in corporate, I had an opportunity to do a lot of presentations, but the presentations were not about me or about my journey. They were about the corporate message. So it was really easy, I found, to share those messages with my colleagues because I was simply the voice for the organization. And you don't really share any personal information in that format. So when I ended up writing my second book, I actually started more actively speaking about the book and the people that I featured in the book. And that's when it really got interesting because I found that like most people, I had stage fright. Oh, because 
You were really putting yourself out there, right? It was then my story, my personal story. It was about Trish or it was about, you know, Doreen, if you were featured on the platform. So it became a totally different kind of messaging. And I really felt that, you know, not only did I not want to embarrass myself and provide the wrong information, but I also wanted to be able to speak the truth about the people that I was sharing their stories for. So there was kind of a double whammy there, you know? Um, and I really felt that it was, it took me a long time to get over that. I still get butterflies, to be quite honest. Um, but when I first started speaking in 2016, it was a big barrier that I had to break going from a corporate environment to a personal environment. Yes, a lot of my guests have been in corporate and I call it choked by the corporation. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I always say that, you know, if, when we work for Fortune 500 companies, it's really, you. it gives you a sense of confidence because you have that big logo behind you. You know, they've mm. obviously hired you to do a job that represents them and their organization. But when you have this little tiny logo that you've developed that nobody really knows, and you've spent a lot of blood, sweat, and tears putting all of your creativity and thought into creating an image, and then you go out there with your own logo, it's a completely different feeling than having the, you know, the sort of uh, lines of folks that are behind you and a larger corporation that are there to cheer you on. It's a completely different situation when you're an entrepreneur. Yes, I totally understand. In fact, I have a little bit of a personal story about that just this last weekend. I broke through and am going to change my logo and have it be my name rather than essential speaking, which I've had since I wrote my book in 2009. And this idea that you just said is for me, first, it's my name. Ah, Yes, exactly. So that's, exactly. I'm glad you mentioned that for folks here that yeah. that little tiny logo is something I'm really excited about sharing. Yeah, for sure. Well, so, you know, I've been an entrepreneur since 1993, and um, I've always been a brand ambassador for other people helping them with their marketing programs. And I've changed my logo, to be quite honest, um, three times in that time frame. And most recently to an icon that I use in both my personal brand as well as the ShareYourStories.online brand. So it, it's something that evolves. And I think we need to give ourselves permission to make those changes along the way because sometimes we think, you know, oh, geez, I've put so much time and effort into that logo. If I change it, nobody's really going to know who I am. Um, but it actually gives us an opportunity to kind of revisit who we are and where we're going. And uh, I think that's really important for the entrepreneurial journey. You know, sometimes we get stuck behind the logo. That's interesting because that's where we started today when I commented on your bio about the person behind the logo. And I think what you just said is important for people out there to hear is that we continually evolve and that we could take a good look at ourselves and make changes of something that may seem to us like scary to do. So I'm so glad you said that. And plus, I got a little a little bit of coaching there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and who knows? You may, I mean, you're certainly not going to change your name, but you may change the font style, right? Yes. Or you may yes. change the color. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's lots of really wonderful ways that you can uh, do some really terrific things with your logo. Okay, Trish, before we go into what you are currently doing now and the great work that I know, and I've been a part of it, so I want to share that with listeners, but where were you born? What was your family like? And how was it that you didn't really understand you had speaking anxiety till much later in life? Because it must have shown up early on in schools or 
Somewhere. You know, it, it, it didn't. I'm a firstborn uh-huh. child. And um, my mother says that I was born walking and talking. And, you know, I didn't uh, walk, I ran. And, you know, when I was a young child, I act actually started doing artwork on my parents' big, huge picture window in the house. You know, four or five times a year, my mother would give me paint and I was able to uh, paint murals for for various different types of themes throughout the year. And it wasn't until I was, you know, much older and in, you know, high school where I took art classes. And then when I was getting ready for that big leap into, you know, post-secondary education, I sat down and said to my, my father, you know, I think I would like to be an artist. Well, I mean, his face went like stone and he kind of said, um, yeah, uh, you're going to starve if you're an artist. Mm-hmm. And that kind of took me back because I thought, you know, wow, here they've been encouraging me all these years to do, you know, pa- follow my passion, be an artist. They've been paying for all kinds of courses that I was taking, you know, outside of school. And then I was make- ready to make the leap of faith into a career. And all of a sudden I reached this roadblock. So I decided to go into marketing um, rather than being an artist. And so I put my creativity behind that sort of thing, like developing programs and various different um, marketing tools that would help my client push the envelope forward. And it wasn't until much later in life that I thought, okay, uh, now it's time for me. And what do I want the next 20 years of my life to look like? And do I really want to continue to do what I'm doing or is it time for a change? And so I decided to trade the pen for the paintbrush and follow my passion now um, as being an artist. And that's really been a wonderful dynamic, a real change of scenery, um, a change in attitude, um, and a change in a business model, because now I'm doing something that uh, I love. But I have to say, it's a totally different thing to market your art than it is to market your business. Mm. So it's a, a different thinking cap. Yeah, what I'm hearing along the way here, even all the way back to that conversation with your dad, is that you were finding your voice. And I think art is an expression, right? Your voice comes through with uh, not just uh, an idea, but to me, art feels like more of a full-bodied expression of self. It is true. And, you know, I tried various different mediums. So I first tried uh, photography, believe it or not, because my dad was a hobby, uh, you know, did uh, photography as a hobby. And so I borrowed his camera and I took a course of photography course. And those are way back in the days when there actually was darkroom, you know, when they taught you how to process film and all that sort of thing. And so I tried every medium from photography to watercolor to uh, you know, oil painting, life drawing, still life, landscape, everything. And then in my adult years, I landed on acrylics. And uh, so that's the medium that I now use. But, you know, it's a really interesting thing that you say that it's a full body experience because, you know, not only do you take a leap of faith to have something that you've thought of that you want to put onto the canvas, but I have to try to translate that and marry that to the person who finds it as exciting and wants to hang it in their home or in their office. Uh So there's a real meeting of the minds that has to happen because art is so personal and color is personal and subject matter is personal. So it really takes things to a whole different level. Well, I'm going down the rabbit hole just a little bit more here because I'm so fascinated with this idea of art being a voice. 
And then what you just said is that, it, yes, you are expressing, but if it's for somebody, then there's a relationship going on there. And you have to be into listening to the person that you might be arting for. Yeah, that's so true. You know, when I do commission work, I actually spend quite a bit of time with the person or the family that I'm doing the piece for. Um, And if it happens to be a virtual conversation like this, they take their computer around the house and show me where they'd like to hang the piece, you know, introduce me to their Uh, the architecture of the home and the interior design. And then we kind of talk about what they like and don't like and the colors. And, you know, it's really interesting. I do some workshops for corporations and we talk about what color means. And so I ask people, you know, what's your favorite color? And then, you know, I usually hold up the little, um, you know, cheat sheet that I have that says, you know, blue is this and purple is that. And we talk about what's your favorite color. And then they are actually quite shocked sometimes when they see what their favorite colors mean. And so we spend a lot of time trying to, you know, peel away the onion to get to what they would really like to see. And uh, that's a really fun part of the experience. Okay. My favorite color is teal. Teal. I don't have my cheat sheet with me. (laughs) Teal usually means calming Um, and nature, uh believe it or not. And so those things are probably incorporated into either the clothing that you like to wear, or maybe in the interior design of you know your home, or maybe even some of the artwork that's in your house. Well, there is a I do get so much response from people about my calming effect on them. So that's that that first uh, note I think I'll take. Before I go back and uh, inquire more about this online that you do for mm-hmm. and how. You found your voice basically because you wanted to help others express their voice. So before we take on that, let's take a quick break here. If you want to get started right away to find your voice, download Doreen's free seven-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. Hi, I'm back with Trish Tanai, and I can't wait to hear more about what she is up to around helping other women find their voice. And what she told us earlier today is that when she started out of corporation and into her own business and working with other women, that's when she experienced her own stage fright. So Trish, let's pick it up from there. (laughs) That's so true. You know, one of the things that I've noticed after sharing so many stories on the platform, shareyourstories.online, of which, Doreen, you've uh, wonderfully participated and given us your thoughts, light bulb moments, and three words of advice, is the podcast. When we get to the podcast portion of it, so the first step is the guest blog. And then we actually have an opportunity to do what you and I are doing and have a conversation. And that's when the magic happens, I find, because... I've actually, believe it or not, been the very first interview for some people. They've never actually shared their voice before mm-hmm. publicly. You know, they, they've they never had the confidence to sort of step out of their comfort zone and talk a little bit about their own life and their, or their own business journey. And that's a really wonderful uh, place to be because you can sort of see those electric moments happening, you know, when you talk about the journey from usually from corporate to entrepreneurship. And uh, it, it's really... a uh, I don't know how to put it into words. It's a it's an emotion an emotional connection and a feeling that you get with each of the folks that, you know, the written word is one thing, but the emotion and the expression and, you know, the human person really adds so much dynamic to their story. Oh, I'm I it also goes back to what we were talking about around painting and painting for other people is mm-hmm. that you are listening out of them 
something about their essence, I would say. That's so true. That's so true. And very much like yourself, you know, you try to have a conversation and ask questions that make people comfortable enough to yeah. share their personal story, which is not always very easy to do sometimes. <laughs> so as long as we're getting a teeny bit personal here, when you did have stage fright or realized it, what was this? Like, how did you know it? What was the symptom? How did it show up for you? You know, it, for me, it was that butterfly feeling in your stomach. And then it was this absolute fear that I was going to forget what I was trying to convey to the audience. Because I, uh, you know, m- some folks have, you know, a, a teleprompter or they may have, you know, little cue cards. And I just sort of would get up and tell my story or tell the story that I was being paid to tell. And so there was no, nothing other than your memory. So if you were frozen in a place in time and you kind of felt, oh, I feel really overwhelmed. All of those faces that are looking back at me are looking at me for information. Um, it can be really overwhelming and you can kind of stumble upon the words that you want to share at the beginning until you kind of get into the groove and you start to feel a little bit more comfortable with your audience. But you know what I found that I had to do, believe it or not, is I had to look over the heads of the people I was speaking to. So if I felt that butterfly feeling and somebody had already handed me the mic and I would say, you know, hello, my name is Trish Tona and today we're going to talk about whatever the topic would be, you know, mentorship or sharing stories. And if I started to feel that, oh my goodness, I'm, I may forget the next line, I would ask a question to the audience and then get them to start to participate. And that would really sort of ease me into a level of comfort. And then the words just kind of came from there. But it was pretty frightening the first few times that I actually appear, you know, experienced that, oh, I've forgotten what I'm going to say. But a lot of courage, though. It It does. It It does. It really does. It does take a lot of courage. And one thing that I found from from there on end is practice, practice, practice. I always say I have the smartest plants on the street because they hear that whatever it is that speech is going to be or that sharing of those stories probably a hundred times before I step on the stage so that it just kind of rolls off your tongue and you have a real level of comfort. And I say it out loud. Mm-hmm. Some people say, you know, oh, I just keep reading my notes. That doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. I actually have to hear the voice that mm-hmm. goes along with the words so that it keeps the momentum going. Um, so that's how I've overcome the stage fright now when I'm speaking on mentorship and sharing stories. Yeah, I like I like that idea of the talking to the plants. I have a park where I go around and when I practice any of the speeches that I'll be giving, what I notice is that while I'm walking, Trish, while I'm walking, new ideas come up about what I'm saying. And I realize that <laughs> what I've started doing is take my uh, pen and a little piece. Of, but when I get back, I can't really read it because I <laughs> and then so the next, thing, away. <laughs> the next thing I did was to take my iPhone and try and, and also record, it. record it and then yeah. download what I've recorded. But what it taught me is that when I do get on a stage, what's going to come through may be like when I'm going through a park and it's totally, not totally different, but it comes out with new words or a new angle or it's just more in the moment. That's true because you don't want to be robotic, right? We all want to have a personality and make a connection Mm -hmm. with the audience. So you don't want to have that monotone voice that puts everybody to sleep and they're like looking at their watch thinking, oh, good grief, when is she going to get off the stage? Um, So I agree. You you tend to 
uh, you have the the basic theme of what it is that you want to share, but then you give yourself the grace to be able to add or subtract from the content based on the feedback that you're really getting from the audience, which is important. Oh, that's so beautiful. The grace. It's so true. You know, I have found in my in my mature years, I will say I was so hard on myself. You know, even when I was speaking for corporate, you know, if I if I stumbled or I made a mistake, I'd beat myself up for, you know, days and days and days saying, you know, you've got to do better the next time. You've got to get that right. And I just think that with age comes grace. And with grace comes the opportunity to be more authentic and be a little bit more natural and a little less robotic. So I just have tried to adopt to that attitude uh, when I am speaking, whether it's like us today talking uh, to a uh, you know, an audience or whether it's actually speaking face-to-face to a group. Yes. And you just made a really important point that life is the stage and it doesn't necessarily, your voice isn't being crafted so that you can get up and give a speech. I think the people we work with, like some of the people that are on your podcast for the first time mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, welcoming them into a world where they can be seen and heard. That's so true. And, you know, everyone is so grateful at the end, you know, because I think that this medium gives people a little bit more comfort because they're in their own home. They're in a place where they're comfortable. You know, they've got their own things around and it doesn't feel like there's an audience. It just feels like you and I having a coffee or a conversation, right? So I always try to get folks to think about, don't think about the people that the viewing and listening audience, just think about what you would like to share and the conversation that we're having, because we have conversations with strangers all the time. Yes. Oh, right. There you go. You have made so many wonderful points today. (laughs) And we... We're getting closer to the end, so I want to make sure you get to make the kind of points and you want to be making today. So, But before we go there, I just want to say, so far, Trish, it's been fun and it's been interactive. And I feel like the listening you, you do and that I do creates more of what wants to be said. That's so true. That's so true. And you know what? I truly, really, truly believe that everybody has a story to share. And that we just need a platform or an opportunity to share that story because you just never know who is going to be able to take some of what you've shared and incorporate it into their own life or help them in some way. And that's really what storytelling is all about, sharing our life experience to help other people. Mm -hmm. Sharing our stories, sharing our lives so that Mm -hmm. the resonance of our voices then reach and other people go uh, wake up, I guess you might say, or or just are touched, inspired. Uh, so anything else about your uh, stories online that you want to say? That's a really wonderful platform. It was something that I started after doing public speaking about my second book, which is Breaking Barriers, 10 Entrepreneurial Women Share Their Stories. And I kept meeting so many awesome entrepreneurs who said, oh, Trish, can you share my story? Uh-huh. And like you, I've written a few books and I thought, oh, geez, Louise, I can't keep writing books. I'm going to have to find a new way to share these stories. So I started a guest blog. Uh And in the first year, I shared 100 stories. And then I purchased the URL, shareyourstories.online. We transferred all the stories from my personal website into the the new identity or the new brand logo. And now we have over 300, so far, over 300 international stories. And we have over 150 podcasts. 
So my dream or my vision is to have thousands of entrepreneurial stories on that website so that we can touch people from all over the world. And what's been really interesting and I've learned from each and every guest is that we're so similar and yet different. Mm -hmm. We all experience so many similar things regardless of where we live and our age and stage in life. And But people are people and we have so many similarities that there's so many wonderful ways that we can help each other just by storytelling. Oh, well, then if somebody wants to be what, uh, share their story, how do they reach you and how do they get involved? Well, all they have to do is very easy. We've automated everything. So you just go to shareyourstories.online and in the top right-hand corner, it says share your story. And you have an opportunity to answer the three questions and add your bio and your headshot and your logo. And then the story will come to our team and we'll fact check it. And then from there, send you an email to give you the date that your story will go live. And we blast the stories over social media and introduce you to um, folks on the various different platforms. And then you have an opportunity to participate in the interview series and perhaps our quarterly networking events, which are also online. Wonderful. What an opportunity. And those listening today can find you at what stories online share your stories stories online online. yes i just wanted to repeat it because it's so easy it is it's so easy and you anybody who's listened to trish today know that being with her either on an interview or whichever way you choose to engage with trish it's so fun and easy and those are really in the marketing world, you know, what we need now is more fun and more easy. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Like we've all been through a lot and we're looking for new ways to connect. So yeah. please join us. Thank you. Any last words, Trish, for you? Uh, if anyone's interested in some art, I mean, that's my new, that's my new, uh, you know, way in which to connect with folks. And you can reach me at trishtonai.com. Um, the share your stories dot online platform is my passion project. So there's absolutely no cost to participate. And we'd love to hear from you. And uh, I look forward to connecting with your viewing and listening audience. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Mm. Thank you, Trish. Thank you for being with us today for this episode of Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. Each person during interviews shares what has helped them find their voice. You can learn from these guests and find your voice so you can be confident to speak up and speak out. And remember to download Doreen's free seven-step guide to fearless speaking at Doreen7steps.com. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll return next time. Until then, goodbye for now.